Now, you wouldn't normally think of food when you think of watercolor painting, but my guest today has married the two in such a unique and wonderful way that you're just going to have to listen and follow her on all of the platforms. Now, my guest, Volta Voloshin-Smith, has married her love for watercolor with her love for food and has been featured in D Magazine, Dallas Morning News, the Dallas Observer, Create Magazine, and a ton of others. Now, she started watercolor color uh, as a side hustle, a side passion, and has grown this business into something that is so unique and so wonderful and so colorful. In fact, it's actually called Color Snack. So you're going to absolutely love this interview. We talk about mindset and routines and how to really bring those passions of yours to the forefront of your day to day. So let's go get into this interview right now. Welcome to the Well-Paid Creative Podcast, where we discover how to run a profitable and satisfying creative business. I'm your host, Gabrielle Chipier, and I'm going to share with you what I've learned in my 17 years as a creative pro, building my own business from barely scraping by to thriving. From attracting quality clients to charging what you're worth and creating amazing work you love without the risk of burnout and overwhelm. But I don't know it all, so in this podcast, we're going to learn a lot together as I interview experts and reflect on my own experiences, both the good and the bad. Before we dive into the show, if you want access to free resources, trainings, and a community of creative pros just like you, hop on over to wellpaidcreative.com where you can find all this and more. All right, let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Well-Paid Creative. I am so happy to have Volta Voloshin-Smith with me. And I'm ex- super excited about this interview. I can't wait to dive in. Welcome to the podcast, Volta. Thank you so much, Gabrielle. I'm so honored and so excited to be here. Wonderful. Okay, so tell us all about yourself. How have you come to be where you are today? I know you have a pretty interesting story. Yeah, so uh, let's see, I guess I can go back to um, my origin. So I'm originally from Moldova. It's a small country in Eastern Europe. And we, my parents and I immigrated uh, back in 2002. So I've been in the United States for quite a bit of time now. Um, And throughout my school and kind of my first few years of career or professional like um, life, I've uh, pursued marketing. So that's what I studied. And that's been kind of my background. Um, but throughout my whole life, I've always loved to paint. I've loved to draw and just, you know, be an artist. Always had that part in my heart that I never, or for the longest time, didn't really pay attention to or even acknowledge. Um, so it just kind of happened that at a time in my life where I was going to school full-time, working full-time, I I just was craving that creative release. And I just on a whim picked up a set of watercolors and started to paint just for like, just to do something creative, something that wasn't math or (laughs) numbers and all that stuff. And that singular experience is kind of what started me um, on this creative path. I realized, well, I, I really care about being creative and doing something creative this is such an important part of me like I just felt um, I came alive when I was doing that and I was like I I can't ignore this part of me so I have to find a way to pursue that in my life and so that kind of takes me um, 
now to where I'm at, I um, have a company called Color Snack, and I specialize in watercolor food illustrations and animations. And I also teach watercolor workshops because I just love sharing my passion for watercolors. I, I truly believe it's, it's such a soothing and calming medium that I just want to share it with everyone. <laughs> I totally agree. I love watercolor painting myself too. <laughs> Yeah, so, <laughs> so Color Snack has been getting a little bit of momentum now. I mean, your Instagram account is beautiful, and we're going to link down below to all of Volta's uh, Instagram accounts and Facebook pages and all that. You'll have to go follow her. Her paintings are gorgeous. Um, how have you kind of kept going with that and gained the momentum with that side of, I guess, basically a brand new business because yeah. transitioning from marketing to this watercolor now? Thank you so much for your kind words, Gabrielle. Um, so I've the way I've transitioned kind of, I started by uh, taking on a couple of marketing clients, kind of like as a freelancer. Um, so I, I was I quit my agency job, and then on the side I was still doing that as I was kind of trying to figure out my way around the art world. Um, I'll be honest, like I I'm self-taught. I didn't go to art school. So at first I was like, I know I want to do art as a career, but I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea what direction. Um, and I, I just, I, at first, like, it was nice to have that um, support from like the freelance, you know, side gigs of doing the marketing mm -hmm. um, as I was trying to figure out, well, you know, and, and also allowed me to kind of experiment and try a bunch of different things. So I try to do murals. I try to paint with acrylics. I tried uh, all kinds of different things that eventually I just kind of, it, it led me to realize, well, I know I really love watercolors. That's what I want to stick with. Uh, and then the other, other part of it was I loved animation. And I was just like, how can I, how can I bring like watercolor paintings to life? And um, kind of stumbling around After Effects and using different like animation tools. I've taught myself how to kind of, you know, create those motion graphics that you can see on my profile. So I just wanted to find a way to, to like create that movement. And as, a, as kind of the result of all of that is um, people started noticing. So I was creating a lot of content on Instagram and just social media in general. Um, and people were just resonating with it. And then eventually clients started reaching out and they were like, Hey, can you, can you do this for my business? And I'm like, yes, yes, I would love to. <laughs> awesome. So as you were kind of going through that phase of trying to figure out, you know, what was your thing, you know, you tried, you said you tried acrylics, you tried so many different types of, of artistic kind of outlets. How did you keep yourself motivated to keep going? Because I know a lot of us when we start kind of, and it almost does feel like a floundering kind of motion where you're like, I know it's here. I just need to find the, the thing, right? Um, and that can be discouraging sometimes. So how did you kind of keep yourself from getting discouraged in that initial process? Yeah, that's an excellent question because I, even though I still felt discouraged many times, I still found that inner drive that I just knew in my heart that I could not go back to like a corporate world situation. It just, once I, I realized how aligned I felt with pursuing art, I knew there was no other path for me. And 
even though I didn't know exactly like what that would look like or what kind of services I would offer with my art, I still knew that this, I, I need to keep going. Like I need to just show up and try and try and try and fail, fail fast. I think that was a, a huge thing that I learned about two years ago because I, I was like, I, this isn't working. So I need to try something else. And, um, but, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, it's kind of like a, a muscle, like the creativity that we have is the more we do it, the more we get to, you know, experience that creative flow. And I think in a similar way, um, the more we challenge ourselves and try different things, the more like we build that resiliency to be like, okay, fine, this, this didn't work, but I'm not going to give up. I'm going to try. Um, so that's kind of just from, from like all the books on mindset that I've ever read. I think the main takeaway for me has been like people that make it, they just don't give up. And it's, I know it's, it's hard to, um, to always like keep going no matter what, but at the end of the day, if we, if we like hang on to that hope, then it's, everything's possible. Like we can, we can persevere and keep going. Oh, I love that. And, you know, and mindset is such a huge part of things. And it's also something that we don't really realize is such a key part of everything that we do almost until we've reached the point where it's it's that last step right we've done all the doing we've done all the skill accumulation we've we've put in all these sweat hours and then we realize that there's something missing and that's that mindset piece so what did that mindset piece look like for you did you just kind of stumble onto it online? Cause I, that's how I did it. <laughs> I was just like, what mindset, huh? And clicked a link. Um, but uh, yeah, so how did that look like for you? How did you kind of get on this path of discovering just how key mindset was to your work? Yeah, I, I would say the way I discovered it is I, 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 like in the first few years of doing Color Snack like full time, I was getting burnt out pretty like regularly, like I started noticing a pattern and I, I realized that I was getting burnt out because I wasn't taking, I wasn't resting. I wasn't taking any breaks. And so me by trying to like figure it out, it's like, well, what is the reason why am I burning out? Okay. I'm not taking breaks. So why am I not taking breaks? <laughs> and kind of like, similarly to you, I've just started like searching online. It's like, how do I how do I build a life where I can allow myself to take breaks? Or even, you know, how do I prioritize that in a way where it makes sense that we're not machines, like we definitely need our rest periods to recover. So um, I think that was kind of like my way into discovering um, a bunch of different books that spoke on mindset and um, especially like as it relates, relates to burnout and how to kind of avoid it in the future. Yeah, and burnout is really a key topic because it's something that, again, is one of those things that really sneaks up on you. You're like, I'm not feeling so good. I'm feeling tired. I'm, you're trying to figure out what the issue is. And then all of a sudden you just hit that wall and you can't ignore it anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's, and it's I think like um, someone equated burnout to like what... Uh, whenever someone like breaks an arm or a leg, you know, you, that's a visible injury. Like you can see it. You're like, okay, I need to rest for the next three weeks because I have this injury. Right. But mm -hmm. with burnout, I feel like a lot of times because it's so 
under the surface, like it's mental. We don't necessarily like see a visual cue of it. It's like, hey, your body's like telling you, you need to rest, take a break. Um, I think it's a lot harder to do kind of just, um, well, deal with it if we're not aware of like the symptoms or even just like trying to schedule like resting periods within our weeks or months or whatever that may look like. All right, we're going to get right back to this episode because it is so good. But I just wanted to ask you a quick question. Do you feel like you're doing all of the things in your business, hustling like crazy, and yet nothing seems to be moving you towards your goals? If so, it could be because you're focusing on the wrong thing. And over the years, I totally felt that in my business as well. That's why I developed a set of questions that without fail would move me onto the right track every single time I use them. Now, I wanna share these questions with you. And what I've done is created this really simple and powerful quiz where you go, you answer these questions, and it gives you exactly what you should be focusing on right now in order to move the needle and see growth in your creative biz. It works like gangbusters. And not only will you get the result of what you should be focusing on, but you're also gonna get this really detailed report with some in-depth strategies that you can use right away to start seeing progress. Now, I want you to go check it out. It's called the Focus Finder Quiz. You can find it at wellpaidcreative.com forward slash focus. Go check it out today. I can't wait for you to get your hands on it. It's going to make a huge difference. That's wellpaidcreative.com forward slash focus. Okay, without further ado, let's head back to the interview. Mm -hmm. So what does that look like for you? How do you schedule breaks into your business so that you can you know, avoid burnout? Yeah, so I would say that um, a key thing that has been super helpful for me was uh, taking Sundays off completely from like social media. Um, I even try to limit my screen usage. So like if I if I want to watch a YouTube video, I'll just say, okay, I'll watch it on Monday. Or like I just am trying to kind of like reconnect with myself and either do journaling or read actual books with like paper <laughs> um, and kind of just separate myself from the distractions of the online world, which can be overwhelming a lot of times. Um, but I have found that, that just like taking one day a week to recover in that way has been super helpful in um, helping me like avoid just feeling burnout, burnt out in the first place. Um, so I, I know it's, it may be different for everyone, you know, whatever resonates um, and however people can take those breaks, but as long as we schedule them, I think I think that's the key. Is like to just like have it on your calendar, even if it's like an hour a day where it's like just for you that you get to do something that's like completely like immersive, where you get to forget about the outside world. I think it can be so beneficial to just kind of like filling up that cup of our, you know ourselves and and feeling happier as a result. Mm, yeah, and I have learned the hard way that that's, you have to make time for it. And that disconnecting piece, that being able to just shut off for a little bit is so key because we're all going a million miles a minute. And especially if you own your own business too, because you're, you're thinking about that client and you're thinking about this project and you're thinking about your laundry and you're thinking about everything. And it's a little bit more pervasive for women too, because we just kind of, I think that's almost our default, just trying to manage all of the things, right? 
So along with taking breaks, I've also found that creating more structure throughout um, the rest of our days really helps too. Have you implemented anything like that in your day that has really helped? Yeah, I try to um, kind of like my, my structure is like, I definitely have a morning routine. So I stick to that religiously. Uh, and then for the next like eight to 10 hours, I'll spend working on my business in whatever capacity. And then I, I'm trying to be more conscientious and, and like saying, okay, after like 7 p.m., I'm not going to do any work um, unless it's something that like just really excites me that I just kind of energizes me as opposed to like depletes my energy. So um, just kind of having that structure. And I'm curious to hear about your how, how you structure your day. Oh, yeah. So mine's a little bit. Um, it has a little bit more structure, too, because I have kids. So. Mm. It, a lot of it kind of focuses around their schedule as well, right? So in the morning, I'll wake up a little bit before them. And as much as I want to say I have a very like rigid morning routine, I've kind of put that by the wayside because I always kind of would feel bad if I didn't get to something or the kids would wake up early and I'd be like, oh no, I didn't journal today. So I'm a failure. Right. <laughs> so my morning, I've all, I always just wake up a little bit early and I kind of do whatever I want for at least about half an hour before they wake up. And then it kind of centers around getting them up and fed and dressed and then off to school. Um, and then once they're at school, that's kind of where my routine starts. So I'll start it with a, a dog walk the puppy over there she <laughs> needs to be walked every day so we go out for a dog walk I get out in nature get some fresh air and then from then I come back and I start doing my client work first thing and then from there I work on my actual business so doing a lot of these podcast interviews and doing social media updates and stuff like that I tend to be way more creative in the afternoons so mm -hmm. I'll do kind of this stuff that doesn't need creativity first thing in the morning and then I get the mojo going in the afternoon and and then the end of my day is when I go pick up the kids from school. And then from there, it's family time. Yeah, awesome. I love hearing about different people's like take on how to structure their day because it's always so it's it's so important to have like even just a little bit of scheduled time for like ourselves and um, things that kind of just fill us up from the inside. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And in the evenings, there's always a little bit of some sort of creative activity. So whether I'm working on a painting, or I've got like a cross stitch project or like crocheting something, I'm always sitting on the couch, just kind of moving my hands. And then when you're moving your hands, your brain just kind of goes and, and does whatever it wants for a little while. <laughs> I found that very meditative, I think just like the use because even even just writing with our hands has such a different impact on the brain as opposed to like typing. Um, always been fascinated by that. It's like, wow, I, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, there's some connection between like the motors or something like that. I'm sure someone way smarter than me knows the answer to that. <laughs> so what does your morning routine look like? Because I, you know, for so many years, I thought that morning routines were so crucial and I was constantly trying new things and, you know, throwing them out when they didn't work or, you know, adjusting them. And I've always been fascinated about other people's morning routines. So what does yours look like? Yeah, I, um, let's see. So my morning routine kind of solidified when I read the book, the 5am club, mm -hmm. uh, by Robin Sharma. And I, I want to, I want to kind of give a disclaimer, like it doesn't have to be exactly 5 a.m. Uh, you know, people can adjust it to however they want. I think that the key here is just to like have a set of activities that just fulfill you in some way. 
So for me, that what that looks like is I start with um, about 10 minute meditation. Um, then I'll do about 15 to 20 minutes of just brain dump journaling, anything that comes to mind, kind of like the the morning pages by the artist way, if mm. you're familiar. Um, so that's kind of the method that I use there. And then the, the, the maybe 15 or 20 minutes after that, I will either like read a book or on something that just interests me. Usually it's something to do with creativity or productivity or like brain, brain science. Um, or I will just do some like quick sketches and doodles that are, that are just specifically for me, not for a client, not for like to sell artwork, but just something just playful in my sketchbook that nobody needs to see. Mm. <laughs> and uh, I've just found that uh, like those few, like a uh, few key things that come coming together, they just add so much kind of energy and joy into my life, like right off the bat in the morning. And um, I, I do want to like share that, you know, if, for people that this like a morning routine doesn't resonate with, it, it could be in the evening. I think it's just as powerful as long as we commit to it and kind of just show up and do like a couple of those things that really make us feel good. Like it, it and it doesn't even have to be, you know, maybe it's not meditation for some people. Maybe it's exercise or um, I don't know, doodling like I do, or, you know, there's like a variety of different things, but um, I just found that kind of keeping that commitment to myself um, helped me have more self-respect. I, I know that sounds really weird and I it was just such a weird like side effect of kind of sticking to it, but it's it's how I found it to be. It's it was just such an interesting <laughs> way to discover. It's like, wow, did I maybe I didn't respect myself enough before, but I respect myself a little more now and I and I like it. I like this new version of me. <laughs> Mm, oh, I couldn't agree more. And you know, what is funny is that I'm actually way more strict with my evening routine than I am with my morning one. Like if I don't have an evening routine, then I can't get a good night's sleep. And if I don't get a good night's sleep, then I'm useless the next day. <laughs> yeah. So, so again, I love I how just you, you mentioned how it does just kind of reaffirm our commitment to ourselves. And we do tend to put ourselves last in so many different areas of our lives. So having this routine, whether it be morning routine or evening routine, or, you know, middle of the afternoon routine, whatever you want to do it, um, it just really does bring ourselves back into the main focus of our lives. And I really think that's a key um, concept around these, these ideas here. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I think that the more or, you know, if, if we take care of ourselves in this way, um, then we're able to show up for our family, our friends, our community in a much more vibrant and colorful way. You know, one that like we're able to support others, I think, in a, in a better way if we take care of ourselves um, first kind of thing, like filling up the cup so that we can share and spread and like be that fire that people need us to be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love this. Now. I ask this question of everybody who comes on the podcast and you might be a little bit different because your the activity that you love to do on the side has kind of become your main business. But is there any sort of hobby or creative pursuit that you do on the side just for you? Like, you know, you don't show anybody else. Oh my gosh, that is a great question. And um, I will say, okay, so I don't, I don't think I have a creative hobby on the side. I, I would say my hobby is 
probably swimming. I really love, I really love swimming and I'm a terrible swimmer. Like I, I probably like I swim in the very shallow parts of the pool. Um, but I, I don't know when, as soon as I discovered this part of me, where it's like, I love to be around water and in water. And that's kind of like, it just makes me happy, but it's not something that I'm, you know, pursuing in any way. And it's, and I, I felt that I needed, um, I guess, a hobby that wasn't necessarily tied to like making art only because mm-hmm. I, I needed that separation because it's so, it's so easy for me to be like, oh, I'm painting an avocado. Um, should I take a video while I'm doing it? Because it could be content for Instagram. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's so quick to like fall down that rabbit line of like, oh my gosh, I need any content. I could, this could be content, right? But mm-hmm. it's, so I, I think that probably diff- I'm a little bit different in that way is that I just needed a hobby that wasn't art, <laughs> art related. Mm. I totally get that. Well, thank you so much, Volta. This has just been such a fantastic conversation. I'm so glad that you came on the podcast. Um, We're going to link down below to all of Volta's social media library, our social media accounts, and the couple of books that Volta mentioned as well. We're going to link down below. Thank you so much for coming on, Volta. Thank you, Gabrielle. It's truly an honor to be on your show. And thank you so much for having me. And I hope everyone has a wonderful and creative day. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Well-Paid Creative. All the discussions we have around these episodes mean a lot to me, and I love how much I learn from the creatives who listen in. Before we head out, if you want access to free resources, trainings, and a community of creative pros just like you, visit wellpaidcreative.com where you can find all this and more. Join me for the next episode as we continue discussing how you can grow and love a profitable creative business. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone you think would benefit. Thanks so much. See you soon.